Long ago in ancient Mesopotamia, a civilization laid the foundations for Christianity, but in ways one might not expect. Hosts Denise and Buddy Wood go on a spiritual and thought-provoking journey, uncovering and exploring some of Christianity's hidden truths. Join us as we unveil and explore the mystery that is the remnants of Ur. Welcome to Remnants of Ur. My name is Denise Wood. And my name is Buddy Wood. In our last episode, we discussed how the idea of Jesus becoming a sacrificial lamb got started. We also talked about the belief that his murder was designed by God to erase our sins, and it's simply not true. God did not design Christ's death. He had no part in it. Matter of fact, he's pretty furious about the whole thing. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. This is episode 27, entitled The Apostles, and coincides with chapter 15 of the book Remnants of Ur. Although throughout the book Remnants of Ur, I have pointed out some of the errors made by the forefathers of the faith, I am by no means criticizing or judging them. They were humans, just like us and I have immense respect for their bravery to go against their cultural norms and attempts to follow God with whole hearts. Abraham left his father and culture behind to follow God into a strange land. The disciples left families and livelihoods in order to follow Christ. Paul endured much hardship, pioneering alone in hostile territory in order to spread his message of Jesus. They were dedicated to the point of death. With the exception of Abraham, they were all murdered for their faith. I feel that it is my mission not to disparage them, but to point out where they missed the target so we can glean wisdom from them and use it spiritually to get on track in this generation. One thing I noticed in studying the Gospels is that when Jesus was alive, there was peace and quiet confidence in everything he did. He was grounded by being in continual spiritual contact with God the Father. In contrast, there was always some type of dissension among the disciples as they asked questions like, well, who is the greatest in the kingdom of God? And how many times do I have to forgive my brother? Which disciple is the greatest among us? And in Matthew chapter 20, James and John even sent their mother to try to manipulate Christ by asking a favor for her two sons to sit on the right and one on the left hand of Christ when he entered his kingdom. And, you know, I I was thinking about that. It's like, okay, now if he's at the right hand of God, his left arm is already taken. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Right? So there would not be two spots anyway. The only time the Gospels ever mention that the disciples really made any spiritual connection to God is when Peter proclaimed that Jesus was the Son of the living God, in which Jesus replied that God had shown that to him. However, right afterwards, Jesus had to rebuke Peter for speaking opposite of Christ's vision of what God had shown him that he would be murdered by the religious leaders. So there is no other evidence in the Gospels that the disciples 
were connected to God like Christ had shown them how to do. They were constantly having to ask Christ for the interpretation of the parables that they should have been spiritually interpreting through the Spirit of God, but they remained oblivious. Even Christ was baffled as he asked them, Are you guys still without understanding? The disciples' actions showed that they did not acquire compassion for the people that Christ had. In Matthew chapter 19, the disciples were rebuking the parents who brought their little children for Christ to lay hands on and bless. Now, the word rebuke is a strong word. It means to express sharp disapproval or criticism. The disciples continued to try to chase out the children from the meetings with Christ after Jesus had clearly told them in the past to stop doing it. He would say unto them, unless you become like one of these little children, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. The ultimate example of how spiritually deaf the disciples were can be found in Matthew 26 and occurred a couple of days before Christ's death. Jesus was having dinner at Simon the leper's house, and a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment came in and poured it on the head of Jesus. But when the disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment could have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said, Why are you troubling this woman? For she has done a good work upon me, for you have the poor with you always, but me not always. For she has poured this ointment on my body in preparation for my burial. And now listen to what Jesus said next. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there also shall be this, that this woman has done, be told for a memorial to her. God had shown the woman that Christ was about to be executed, and she was operating under the guidance of the Holy Spirit to prepare his body for his death. Notice how the disciples had indignation towards her. The term indignation means to show anger or annoyance for something that is perceived as unfair. They were oblivious that Christ was about to die. Think about it. You can go back through the Gospels and see how many times that Christ told his disciples that he was going to die. He told them multiple times, and they still did not get it. But she did. She was hearing from God, her Father. It's remarkable. You know. Her actions confirmed that she could hear God's voice, and she was demonstrating the works of the kingdom of God. That is why Christ said to mention her story when his gospel was preached throughout the whole world. So today I am telling her story as I teach the gospel that Jesus taught. Good news, world, the kingdom of God is at hand. We can hear the voice of God and walk with him just like Jesus did. He showed us how to do it. So after Christ was executed, it was evident from reading the book of Acts that there was no longer the confident peacefulness of God that Christ displayed. 
but rather pandemonium. Their rock-solid leader, the Messiah, was suddenly removed, and it created a vacuum as the disciples tried to make sense of it all. They hastily attempted to organize their shattered kingdom. Of course it was Peter who would be thrust into the leadership role that Christ once held, because Peter was a natural-born leader. In the book of Acts, it shows him with excellent public speaking skills. He could perform miracles, and he was greatly admired by the people, from the older followers as well as the new converts. Peter went right to work doing exactly what Christ told him not to do. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus taught them that they that are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be that way among you. But whosoever will be the great among you shall be your minister, and whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be the servant of all. For the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. The apostles should have been walking in the example of Christ, but it is not evident by their recorded actions. Peter felt strongly that as apostles they should isolate themselves to a life of prayer and spiritual service to God. That is not the example that Christ had set for them. Christ took the works of God to the people. He did not isolate himself. Peter cast lots to find a new apostle to take the place of Judas. Casting lots is like rolling the dice, and we never saw Christ doing that. Did it not occur to Peter that he could simply ask God who God wanted to be, the twelfth apostle? Then Peter decided as apostles they did not need to be waiting tables, and he appointed dedicated followers to do those menial tasks. In contrast, Jesus waited the tables of humanity. Peter was setting up a religious kingdom that looked nothing like the kingdom of God that Christ had taught him. And then along came Paul, who was coming straight out of a culture of strict rabbinic Jewish training. Paul's Christian kingdom that he was setting up had even more layers of people in positions ruling over other people. Sadly, it is not what Jesus had taught and shown by example. The teachings of the kingdom of God that Christ taught were lost in all the religious activity, and the woman with the alabaster box was never mentioned again until now. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. If you're interested, our book, Remnants of Ur, is available on Amazon. If you have any questions or comments, our email is remnantsover at gmail.com. <laughs>